right, welcome into this week's edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast. I'm your host, Martin Weiss, joined here, as always, with former NFL Pro Bowler TJ Hushmanzada. TJ, week two in the books, an exciting week, a week of not too many quarterbacks seem to, you know, it was a dangerous in a, in a one o'clock window for if you were a quarterback signal caller. How'd you make out this week? Uh, it was all right. Could always be better. It was just a... Uh... It's really hard to get a gauge on what a team will or will not be after a game or two. I mean, just, just go back to one of the games that we picked. Go back to Baltimore's first game against the Raiders. You're like, ah, they lost to the Raiders. I don't know how good the Ravens are going to be. And then you turn around and see the Raiders beat the Steelers. And you're like, ah, the Raiders might be pretty damn good after you beat the Ravens and then the Steelers in back-to-back weeks. We thought the Steelers are going to be good because they beat the Bills, and then the Bills go kill the Dolphins. You just don't know uh, what it is. The Dolphins beat beat the Patriots. Can't score against the Bills. The early early part of the season, man, it's hard to get a gauge on what a team is and what they aren't. Speaking of that Dolphins-Patriots game, that's one of the games that we picked for last week. And I, you were on the Bills three and a half, and I was on the Dolphins. And early, early on, I found out that I was dead wrong. As soon as I mean, you know, it's 10 o'clock in the morning over here on the West Coast as we're sitting up watching football, right? So I'm I'm walking back in from the kitchen with my, with my scrambled eggs and my bacon, and all of a sudden Tua is is, cr- is is he's crumbled on the ground. It's over with. And the thing that I did not realize about this Miami offensive line it is it's it, it doesn't exist. It's almost it's Swiss cheese. They weren't they couldn't block anything. But now the Bills seem to be back atop the AFC, like you said. You don't want to make too many too many uh, assumptions after just one week or two weeks, but those lost to Pittsburgh dominated the Dolphins in a way that I don't, I mean, I didn't see that coming. You picked the Bills. I don't know if you saw that coming. So is this more of a case of the Bills cooking or is this the Dolphins are broken? The Bills, I mean, it's a combination of, of both. I wouldn't say the Dolphins are broke. They're one and one. They're one and one. And so not not bad when when you consider you're playing the Patriots and uh, the Bills, but the, the Bills win the game, but offensively they they're still not clicking the way they clicked late in the regular season and during the playoffs last year. And, and so Josh Allen is yet to throw for 250 yards, let alone 300 yards in a game. And, and so it, it's just you. Just, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. The, the Dolphins aren't as bad as that score. The Bills are probably as good as that score, at least if we consider last year. And that's why I believe we need to see through September. And you can kind of get a feel for what a team is, um, how good they're going to be. It's just weird with the Dolphins, man. It's uh, Do they really not believe in Tua? Is Tua just not that good of a quarterback? It's like you just don't know what they think and how, how he can be as a player. Yeah, it seems as if they do not, right? They they go in and it seems as if for whatever reason, Tua is not the guy. You don't see the same organizational support of like Los Angeles Chargers with the Miami Dolphins. Like you would Herbert to Chargers as you would to Tua to Miami. Those are two way different situations. Um, to your point about Josh Allen, that's the thing that's been getting me about this Bills team. I don't understand because Josh Allen is only like 25% on balls over 15 yards in the air last year. That's all they were doing was bombing folk. And so I'm just, I'm just confused to see what's going on with this team. But we did just, I did just mention the chargers. 
They had the Cowboys come all the way out to SoFi last night. We were our last weekend, rather. We were both on the same side of that. We both had Cowboys plus three. However, TJ, while watching that game, I don't know about you, but I had no feeling that Cowboys plus three should have been the way that game ended after after illegal shifts on the goal line, after all these taunting penalties, after Mike McCarthy drives and decides a 56-yard field goal is literally the best he can get in <laughs> the last 30 seconds of the game. We lucked out on this one, no? Hey, you know what's so crazy about that, Martin? I actually forgot I was with the Cowboys on this game, and I'm going to tell you why. Towards the end of the week, we do our show on Fox on Saturday. DeMarcus mm-hmm. Lawrence breaks his foot in practice. Randy Gregory is out because of COVID. Well, hold on. I started... End of the week, you do your up-on game. You, LeVar Arrington, Plasco Brewers on Fox Sports Saturdays. Get it right. So, yes. So, <laughs> I, I, say, I say to myself, ah. I picked the Cowboys earlier in the week. I might have to go back against that. Mm-hmm. I just didn't see a way for them to win the game, not being able to pressure. And you have your two best defensive linemen out, Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory. But it's what you said. It's like some of these coaches, man, they just baffle me. You've coached for years and years and years, and you're supposed to be an expert. You mismanage the clock. They just do so many things that, we as players, I guarantee players on that Cowboys sideline and team were like, what the fuck is Mike McCarthy doing? And like, then why hasn't this, he called timeout? Why are we why are we just call a timeout, run a play? You don't get the first down. You got to run the field goal team out there. You practice it every week anyway. At least we did when I played. And if you do get the first down, you kill the clock. It's just that simple. Like, I don't know what he was thinking. I think he thought Brandon Staley was going to call a timeout and help him out. I don't know. Luckily, they won. Like, we're getting to the point where coaches are that comfortable where you can kick a 56-yard field goal and say, oh, this is routine here. Yeah, it was like like that was just the, the best the best kick that they could possibly get. And I get it was a tie game, so I, you know maybe there's not so much pressure on it. But at the end of the day, especially with NFL overtime rules, if you have the opportunity to win the game in regulation, you have to you have to take it, right? You especially when you're the Dallas Cowboys and you got you Dak Zeke. That's where you invested CD Lamb. That's where you invested your money is on the offensive side of the ball. And not to mention no Randy Gregory. No DeMarcus Lawrence. You got Michael Parsons playing defensive end in his second NFL game ever. That shows you how good of a player he is. How many middle linebackers can go play defensive end and be really good at it? When I saw Jay Glazer report that Michael Parsons was playing D-end, I was like, this, I just felt there's – I bought this Cowboys ticket on Tuesday of last week, and ever since then, there's more bad news. And I saw Michael Parsons playing defensive end. This is a cherry on top. You're going to tell me a middle linebacker is about to be an effective defensive end? And sure enough, what did he do? Go get some – I mean, he had he had the sack, in, he, the sack you know, in the grass play, uh, but that was on the goal line. That was in the red zone. That was a huge play. He I, – I truly believe – the Cowboys need to permanently move him there. He he can he brings more to a team if he can affect the quarterback as a defensive end than he does as a middle linebacker. They need to permanent like because he's a big dude. Like he was out here yeah. training, and he's a big boy. And not only is he big, he's fast as hell. He's <laughs> super so, fast, and he's got a nice bend to him in the hips. He seems like he reminds me not to go crazy, but like. In the way that Von Miller can bend his hips around the ta- around the tackle, I saw the same thing 
with Michael Parsons, just in the, just in, obviously in a few plays. He he can really uh, the Cowboys might be onto something because now Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch can play more. You can get the rookie in from LSU, Jabari Cox in more, and just put Parsons at DN because he, to me, that helps a team where you can get better athletes and better cover guys at linebacker, but you're going to get better pressure on a quarterback at end. And so, and, and not to mention, Jalen Smith, big salary. <laughs> and so you want him to earn that salary, put Parsons at DN. And that's what, that's me personally. That's what I, for sure in my sub package, Parsons, you're going to DN, Cox, you're coming in as a cover linebacker. It makes the team better. Let's see if they take my advice. We'll see. One team that, uh, that needs to improve, the Philadelphia Eagles. We both were on the 49ers on this game. Uh, you were also on the over 49 and a half. Did not get close to that 17-11 uh, final score. But to me, the overarching story of this game was the 49ers had literally no running backs. They keep losing running backs, but it doesn't seem to matter because Philly can't move the ball. Philly can't move the ball through there. Man, it's uh, the 40. I don't know. I don't know what the hell is going on. Like the 49ers and the Ravens, they can't keep a running back healthy. 49ers like, have, in, in every, the past the couple years, they have every year. And then you, you have Shanahan, who is a great coach, but then you play these mind games. Ayuk is your best receiver. He's your best pure receiver. And he's playing 50% of your snaps. Like, stop right. playing these mind games. Oh, he was hurt. Yeah, when anybody gets hurt, Jimmy G specifically on the Niners, you don't play him 50% of the snaps. You throw his ass right back in there when he's healthy. Like, stop right. playing these mind games with these young kids and your best players and just throw them out there and let them play. But Jimmy G's playing well. The 49ers are playing well enough to win their games. It's just going to be, they just back off the uh, Bengals practice squad this morning. So it will be interesting just to see how uh, how they play moving forward. They play the Packers this week. I don't believe the Packers can afford to lose this game, but I'm not sure if they can win this game either. Especially after last night watching the way in the first half of that game with the Packers, they got no pressure on Garrett Goff. I mean, some of those first half pockets were incredible. And honestly, I may be, maybe this is a slight bit of homer. Maybe this is my Detroit 11 and a half ticket from last night, still smarting in my, in my back pocket. But if Jared Goff's hands were a little bit bigger and he doesn't just drop the ball, you know, and uh, attempting to throw it, just literally drop the ball in the rain and then fumble a snap on the 20 yard line. And maybe a miss, maybe that's more of a closer game than if you just can't give the Packers that many opportunities. You can't give Aaron Rodgers that many opportunities. Um, but again, that may be just me uh, wishing I had won that bet last night. Um, you convinced me to go with it. I was to go with the Lions. Remember? Yeah, you remember? <laughs> it's like, oh, one of them going to cover. The team's getting double digits. Yeah, I think it's going to be the Lions. I'm going with you, Martin. <laughs> okay, but in my defense, I also talked you out of Kansas City last night or last weekend. Yeah, they don't cover. They don't, Kansas don't, City does yeah, not cover. I, I, talk, I talked to you out of Kansas City last week. I'm, so with, give me, I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm with you when you're right. Yeah. Okay. I'm all with right, you when you're right. No problem at all. No problem then, at all. Yes. The last game that we picked was the Saints three and a half at the Panthers, which the score was 26 to seven. And that is uh, with the Panthers winning. And that just simply does not indicate just the ass whooping that New Orleans got handed to them 
at the hands of the Carolina Panthers. Um, do you see a big difference between these two teams? Because to me, I didn't see a crazy difference. But again, the Saints seem to be the most up and down team in football after two weeks. It's I, I believe it's a combination of uh, the Panthers are pretty good. Sam Darnold. Oh, I guess he can play football right now that he's gotten out of uh, the hellhole. That's the New York Jets. But when you I'm not sure that Sean Payton completely trusts Jameis Winston. They're not throwing the ball often. And when you don't throw the ball often, it's kind of showing that I don't have this full faith in my quarterback. Give the Saints a break. They're damn, their entire coaching staff was out because of COVID. You got coaches coaching positions that they never coach. You have players coaching their teammates because they were just shorthanded with all these coaches out. I believe it was seven to nine, eight or nine coaches out. Yep. And so they were behind the eight ball from that perspective. I don't know if you can put too much into this because these coaches spend a ton of time and I'm sure they were still at home watching tape, probably having Zoom meetings with the players, but it's just not the same. So that's what I wanted to ask you, because you being in these rooms, having had wide receiver coaches and offensive coordinators and head coaches and, and, that, and you know, all of those interactions, just how important is your position coach to your overall, overall success, like on game day? It really depends on who you're playing um, for the preparation. The position you play, if you're an offensive lineman, it's crucial because you need to know the blitzes, the fronts, the protections. Uh, every position, really, just, just the adjustments that you're making during the game. Okay, this is what they're showing us. You know, when I was playing, you had a little paper. And now they have right. a little iPad or whatever they, whatever they call it, the Microsoft, whatever. I'm not 100% sure. Mm -hmm. And so you, it's instantaneous. You get it right away. If your coach isn't there, you're kind of used to waiting on him to bring that to you. He's not there. The position coach that coached you during the week that filled in, he's doing his regular guys. So you're just not getting that same type of communication that you're used to getting. And so it can be so many different things. Adjustments during a game that your coach will give you certain things that he sees that you're not picking on that he'll tell you when you come off the field. That wasn't there this week. And so for that reason, it's really hard to get a gauge on, damn, are the Saints really that good when they beat the Packers? Are they really this bad when they lose to the Panthers? Having your coaches gone, um, that's a big deal. So, and and you you said about you had players coaching other players. Just how how consistent, how regularly does that happen in a general basis? I'm curious, like a lot. It does. So, like a lot. How is it received? Very well. Yeah. Because I did that, and, and well, then that's why I say very well because it was received very well when I did it. The players know the other players that know they shit. And so if we're the same position group, you and I, and you're struggling, you rarely see me struggle with anything when it pertains to the playbook, understanding defenses, understanding what we're trying to do. You see that because you're around me a lot. So when I tell you something, you don't question it at all. You trust it because You've seen me over the course of time really know my shit as if I was a coach. So right. now when the coach isn't there, I begin to give you this information 
you don't question it at all because I prove to you that I know my shit. I prove to you that I'm not going to lead you down the wrong road and try to sabotage you. You, you trust me. And so that's built up over time. And it just, it just happens. You just see somebody and you're like, ah, damn, he know his shit. Like if I'm ever in a bind in the game or in practice, I know I can go to him and he got me. That's interesting. I was wondering if there was ever a level of like, don't tell me how to do my job or like if there was a level of like, but I again, that makes all the sense in the world. It's like, I know you know how to do your job. You're probably doing a little bit better than I am at this point, especially in this, maybe the specific aspect, catching the ball, route running and blocking or whatever. Yeah. Give me the, give me the good. That makes sense. Yeah. We want to win, man. We players just want to win. I'm not, I'm not sabotaging you at all. Competition, no competition. I'm trying to win. Speaking of a competition, uh, producer Joel Solomon has come up with a game for us to play. Joel, take it away. All right. TJ, I, I don't know if you watch the Emmy Awards, but uh, there's a show called Ted Lasso, and it cleaned up at the Emmys on Sunday night. Do you, do you watch Ted Lasso? Uh, Martin knows this. I've never heard of Ted Lasso a day in my life until he asked me about Ted. Uh, this is the truth. All I watch is sports. I don't watch anything else, just sports. All right. Well, I, I, I don't I, go to movies. I don't watch sitcoms, not sports. Well, I, I think you'd like it because it, it does involve sports, sort of. Uh, it's about a, a football coach uh, named Ted Lasso, an American football coach, and he's hired to run an English premier soccer team, and he knows nothing about soccer. So the good news is Martin knows all about Ted Lasso. Yes, you, you know all, all about football. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a quote, and you guys uh, will have to tell me if it's a quote from head coach Ted Lasso or from a NFL head coach? I figured. TJ's an NFL expert. I am definitely a Ted Lasso expert. I'm All ready, right. baby. Let's see what, see what it do. All right, the first one. I don't Twitter. I don't my face. I don't yearbook. That is Bill Belichick. That's a point nah, for Martin. That, oh. that's, that's Lasso, ain't it? Oh, that is Bill Belichick. That is Bill Belichick. I thought he said uh, snap face and all of that. He does say snap face, but I don't, I remember I don't Twitter. All right. All right. We're, we're going to give that point to Martin. All right. Next up. If God want, if God would have wanted games to end in a tie, she wouldn't have invented numbers. Oh no, that's last off. That's Ted Lasso. That is Ted Lasso. All right, that is yeah. Ted Lasso. TJ's on the board. All right, going to stick with stick with that theme. If God wanted man to play soccer, he wouldn't have given us arms. Golly. That is a tough one because my first instinct is I want to tell you that's Jim Harbaugh. But it also sounds like a Ted Lasso. I'm going with the football coach. I think TJ. that's Lasso. That is Mike Ditka, actual wow. football coach Mike Ditka. All right. He would say some stupid shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> your, your next one. Your body is like day-old rice. If it ain't warmed up properly, something real bad could happen. <laughs> That's a good one, actually. That has that might be a real coach, one of them old school coaches back in the day. I, I'm going with a coach. 
All right. Nice. Yeah, we don't, it could be Rex Ryan, could be Buddy Ryan. Martin, what do you think? But it was Ted Lasso. <laughs> that is correct. Martin that was is a good one. That's a right. good one. All right. Let's give TJ. I think you will know this one. I truly believe 100% now that dumb players do dumb things. Oh, that's a coach for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's your coach. That's Marvin Lewis. That's a coach for sure. Marvin would always uh, be, they would always talk that shit. Yeah, when you did something stupid, oh yeah. He, he would always, especially when you lose a game, he is on your ass. If you did some dumb shit, oh yes, for sure. It's like Brable said, yeah, it's like Brable said last week in week one about Julio Jones. Like that pile that goes in the stupid shit that cost us game pile. And this is the thing, though. The fact that Julio is one of your best players, and he he said that and did that to him publicly. Nobody is off limits now. The whole team knows, like, <laughs> we all free free game with this when it comes to Brable's a player, he gets it. Simple, right. he gets it. Now, do you do you have a favorite all time uh, quote that you still remember or something funny? Maybe? I don't have a favorite. I don't have a favorite quote, but I always remember this. Marvin used to always say when he would end the meeting, and he was giving us time off. I, I always remember this. I don't know why. No means no, and nothing good happens after twelve o'clock. I don't know why you remember that because that was the last words that you heard right before it was time to go home. Hey. That's why you remember that. That's like hearing remembering no. the signal, the last bell before vacation. Hey, no means no, and nothing good happens after twelve o'clock. He would always say that. Let a guy get in trouble on another team after twelve o'clock. As soon as we walk into the meeting, first thing you see. All right. Well, I I feel like Martin had the edge because he actually watches Ted Lasso. But like a like a soccer match, let, let's call it a tie. Because you 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 did know most of them. It's not a tie; it's a draw. A draw. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, if there they wanted go. to tie, they wouldn't have numbers. <laughs> right. They wouldn't, they wouldn't. She wouldn't have invented numbers. That's exactly yeah, she right. She wouldn't have invented numbers. Right. But you know what, TJ? I want to ask you because about you just saw no means no, and nothing good happens after twelve o'clock. The Bengals historically had had kind of like a history. Like how much of that were you not a part of, but how much of that were you around in the locker room of guys who were kind of continually getting in trouble and that type of, was that a thing that was happening when you were in, in the locker room there? I would say we, we started it. We meaning the Bengals, the, the, the run of Goodell having to suspend guys. And we basically were the poster boys or the poster team mm -hmm. for all this, you know, guys getting in trouble. Um, it, <laughs> when it happens, man, you just like some of it, you're like, like, what are you doing? And you try to talk to the guys when it happens, just trying to get his perspective on it. And I would say uh, when it happens, they regret it. They, they, they wish, you know, they didn't put themselves in that position. But when you come from the background that a lot of us come from, when, you know, things pop off we don't know how to turn the other cheek our, our only way is to fight back because that's just how you were raised and just because you're in the nfl you can't change who you are because you have money and you're in this position of status and fame and you have to learn that and as well, you mature you learn it and if you don't nobody knows who you are anymore because they don't put you out the league well, it's like Marvin said, really, what is what is nothing good happens after 12 a.m. mean? 
it's really that means remove yourself from in situations where that type of where that type of situation could occur. No, that's what that's supposed right. to mean. Right. <clears throat> so with that, TJ, let's get into our picks this week. We both have been pretty decent. I hit my parlay. You had the Saints minus three and a half in yours, so that did not go. But uh, the Rams, yeah, didn't know all these damn coaches was going to be out. <laughs> you got the Rams and the Bucks. The Bucks are one and a half point favorites, and the total is over under fifty five. Which way are you leaning on this game? Two yeah, potentially NFC Championship preview. Man, this game can go either way. And preseason. They said, who's your Super Bowl pick out of the NFC? And I said, it's either the Rams or the Bucks. I need to see how the Rams play early on because I know it's hard to go back to back to the Super Bowl. And I might be somewhat of a homer here, but I'm going with the Rams. I like what I've seen out of Stafford. I like the way they played. The Bucks defense has not been what I expected and thought it would be. The Rams defense hasn't been what I thought and expected it to be either. You know, they, they've given up a lot in the first two games compared to what they were last year. But when you look at every level of every level of defense that the Rams have, Aaron Donald up front, linebackers are good, not great. Secondary is really good, led by Jaden Ramsey. That's better than what in my opinion, the Bucs have. The Bucs are better at linebacker, but nowhere else. I'm going to go yeah. with the Rams. You know, I asked you this earlier. When you bring back all 22 starters, is that necessarily a good thing, right? And I'm looking at this Tampa Bay defense, and I'm seeing, obviously, they have some injuries on the back end. But I'm looking at this Tampa Bay defense, and I'm looking at a team that Atlanta had a three-point deficit in the fourth quarter before Matt Ryan did some really, truly heinous and unspeakable things, throwing back-to-back pick sixes, which, I mean, to the same guy, that just – a lot of things happened that I never have seen happen before in football. That was one of them. The other one that happened I've never seen before happen in football is when they, the long snapper hits the punt personal protect guy in the end zone for a touchdown for the other team. Right. So like the Rams is the team I'm taking here because honestly, I had the Colts last week plus four and didn't feel good about it one bit until the Rams had that massive blunder and just spotted them seven points. Still won the game, knocked out the starting quarterback. I know the, I know who the starting quarterback is. And he's paper mache and I get all that. But at the end of the day, they still knocked out the starting quarterback. I like the Rams in this one. I'm taking the Rams. I, I would. Wow. Take them. I, That's a I shocker. Like I didn't think we would be uh on the same page on that one. I like it. I, well, I don't know if we'll be on the same page on this one because this is a game that hits close to home for you, Mr. AFC North himself. You got Joe Burrow and the Bengals going to Big Ben and the Steelers. The Steelers are four-point favorites, and the total is 44. I don't know what to make of this. I thought the Bengals would be 2-0. What concerns me is you knock Andy Dalton out. You have a rookie come in the game in Justin Fields that didn't play well at all. He did not. Justin Fields did not play well. Joe Burrow throws three consecutive passes, and all three consecutive passes result in an interception. It just, uh, it's hard to get a feel for, for the Bengals. They, they go beat the Vikings. The Vikings, in essence, should have beaten the Cardinals. It, it's a, a four-point spread, but the Steelers, uh, they lose to the Raiders. 
the Raiders look like they might be for real. And, and so uh, as much as it pains me to do this, because normally I'm a homer with this, I picked the Bengals a lot last year, and I actually think they're going to be competitive. Joe's not going to do what he did last week against the Steelers. Just this, the stakes would be higher. The Bengals, had the, had, they have the talent, but we've always had the talent in Cincy. Um, they they got to show me first. Show me first, and then I'll pick you later. So, yeah, you show me first, I'll pick you second. That's I guess that's how I'll put that. I'm, I'm going to go with the Steelers. I look at the Steelers in the last two games. You know, to me, it was the game week one was more a Buffalo fade than anything for me. Right. Week and one I, was the block punt. Like, they don't block that punt. The Steelers lose. Why am I going against a team that I just picked? But go ahead. I'm sorry. No, and, and, and that's my point. I was fading Buffalo watching that game, sitting, thinking like, oh, my goodness, somebody got to make a play for me to win this bet. Sure enough, block punt. And then, you know, just, just last week against the Raiders, the Raiders missing offensive linemen left and right and center, played a very physical game on Monday, traveling all the way across the country, and was just like, oh, no problem. Big Ben doesn't seem to be able to throw the ball down the field. Like, I remember you telling me to look out for Chase Claypool his rookie year, and that dude, is a, he's a dog. He's a dog. And but Ben can't get them to rock. They can't move the ball down the field until that. I feel like they don't have the offensive line and running game to back it up. Man, they can't run. You know what? They can't run the ball at all. I'm changing my pick. I'm going with the Bengals. All they right, can't hey. run the ball. Dude, they draft Najee Harris out of Alabama. I believe he had 33 yards rushing. They cannot yeah. run the ball. And so, oh, it's the running back. It's James Conner. It's this, it's that. No, it's that offensive line. Pittsburgh, I got to mess, draft some offensive linemen instead of drafting these skilled guys, and then you probably be able to run the ball. Well, no, you're right. I mean, their best third yardage uh, player is, is Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, I believe Juju's their third best receiver. It's Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and Juju. Like, if anybody gives Juju more than $10 million a year, that executive or GM needs to be fired. Defense is stout, though. Defense is stout, but T.J. Watt coming out with the green. Yeah, slap myself. I'm taking the Bengals. Yeah, T.J. Watt, that's the got me. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I can't believe I did my team like that. All right, T.J., now that I've successfully convinced you to change your pick and bet on your own team, by the way, when you go to Cincinnati, I'm going to need some Cincinnati Bengals swag just for that picking, especially if this one hits. But um, let's go to the team that we both bet against last week, the Kansas City Chiefs off their first regular season loss in I don't know how long. It feels like it's been forever. Um, but like we said before last week, Kansas City does not cover the spread. They hadn't in their last, I think it was one and nine in their last 10. So that was good money for us. They take on a Chargers team, which we said earlier in the show. God, feels like they lost a very, very winnable game to the Cowboys uh, at home in SoFi last week. Line here is Chiefs six and a half, over under 55 and a half. Where are you at? Until the Kansas City Chiefs can show me they can cover, I'm just going to pick against them. I'm going to pick against Justin Herbert. His first start in the National Football League was very last minute, Mm -hmm. um, very surprising, and it was against the Chiefs, and he almost won that game. A little more comfortable, 
they are a better team. I believe the Cowboys might be a little better than we people have given them credit for. The Chiefs should win, but the Chargers are going to cover. They're going to six. They're basically a touchdown that they're they're being given. Um, division game. I like the Chargers if I'm getting six and a half. I'm rolling with the Los Angeles Chargers against the Chiefs with this one. No question. I am too. I, I am too. And I, again, I, part of it goes back to the Chiefs simply do not cover the spread. Secondly, I feel like this spread would be about three and a half points had the Chargers beaten the Cowboys. And I think the Chargers had the Cowboys beat like three times, right? So I feel like, and it just, whatever reason, uh, I think Tony Carranti was the guy calling that game. He was definitely the 12th man for the Cowboys and all the taunting penalties, and illegal shifts, and things of that Dude, nature. Dude, in the grass calls, and like, what are they doing? Like, I'm watching these, these, I know being a referee is not easy. I do know that. But, like, just some of these calls, like, in the grass. Eli Manning doesn't get the helmet catch if they call in the grass. Like, just, just, just think about some of the things I mean, they're doing and some of the calls they're making. It's just really crazy. Not to be – I don't think it's – I don't think that it is over-exaggerated to say that Justin Herbert might have broken that tackle. We've seen quarterbacks break that tackle. We've seen like we see, like we just saw Watson in the playoffs broke that tackle, turned it up, and ran it up what twenty some yards against the, against the Chiefs two years and two years ago when they went up the, big in the Chiefs on the playoffs. Like that that tackle gets broken often by quarterbacks, and so it, it it was surprising to me to see that called in the grasp, especially you know. But in any event, that was three different calls that were within fifteen yards of the end zone for the Chargers that really impacted that game. And I feel like this line, six and a half, we're getting too many points here. I feel like this line really should be closer to three. I still think the Chiefs should be favored overall. But Chargers plus six and a half is two. I, I feel like that's a fat number. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, that's and what I'm the going Chief, The Chiefs just don't cover, Martin. They just don't cover. When's the last? They haven't covered in a long time. So please start to cover and we can get back to picking the Chiefs. But until then, you guys can win the game. Just don't cover. <laughs> All right. I'm going to sit there and just watch Mahomes and just... Come on, man. I know what the numbers say, but a game that I honestly, TJ, I have, I don't know where to go with this because these two teams to me have been the most Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde teams in the first two weeks of the season. You have the Indianapolis Colts who, you know, they're just kind of ho-hum Carson Wentz. Now, guess what? He's out, right? You know, good, solid team, but it just doesn't seem like there's much to him. The Tennessee Titans didn't play. They didn't show up for the first six quarters of the season and then played the best half that they've played in quite some time coming out of the second half in Seattle. You have Titans minus five and a half. I have no idea where to go, TJ. You know football better than I do. I want to lead Colts because of the line play, but I, I just, I, I, I don't know. Where are you going? How can you lean Colts when their starting quarterback may not play? And if he does play, he probably won't finish. Offensive line play from the Colts and defensive line, just defense period for the Colts is better than the Tennessee Titans. But the Titans have, they, they go to Seattle and I played in Seattle. That is a extremely hard place to win at. It's loud. And they went there and after being down, said, you know what? Let, let's 
Just get a ball to Derrick Henry. He got us. And he had him. It, it's and the, 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 one of the most impressive impressive things about that, not to cut you off, Taylor Lewan was ruled out before the game even started. So you don't even have one of your better offensive linemen blocking in front of him. And Derrick Henry just just house called everything in the second half. It was – you think – we, we both believe the Rams are the real deal. They played the Rams pretty tough, did they not? Yeah. They, 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 they played them tough. And, and so when you look at it, are the Colts what, – what type of team are they? But I just know if Carson Wentz doesn't play, are they going with Jacob Eason? Who, who, who's going to be their quarterback? I and if he can play, it's going to be Eason. And if he can play, he's playing with two sprained ankles, which I've never seen in my life. A guy sprained two ankles. And so division game, I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans because I don't know if Jacob Eason plays, they're losing by a touchdown. If Carson Wentz plays, the game is closer. But does Carson Wentz finish? Nobody knows. I do know this. I know the Colts are high on Jacob Beast for whatever reason. They're, I mean, they're in the room with them, obviously, but like I know they're high on him. They like him a lot because if you just have to look around and see, there were quarterbacks moving and the Colts were not in, in, in on any of them. Like they, they, you could have improved this position. You could have gotten Nick Foles. You could have gotten Gardner Minshew. You could have, uh, uh, there's just, there were guys available. There were guys on the market that you could have went and signed and, and traded for or made a move for to supplement your backup quarterback position. But you were good with Carson Wentz. And they, you know, I guess part of the reason why that is the case is because they were so good with Jacob Eason as the backup. Because they had to know that, I mean, I put it like this. If, if, if what, Ballard and, and didn't know that Carson Wentz has an injury history, then, I, you know, I got an island in the middle of Montana to sell. You know? they, were ho- they were hoping that injury history wouldn't show up so soon in the season. They were hoping he had that injury in training camp. Oh, we, we got it out the way. Now it's behind us. Carson Wentz is a – he's just one of those dudes that can play. Bit of bad luck. Nobody wants to get hurt. Now, you know, I'm not going oh. He just, it's just bad luck, man. Uh, his, his body can't take the pounding that an NFL player and athlete needs to take, and, and it's showing. So on this play, on this game, you're taking Titans minus five and a half. I, you imagine yeah, I'm if Carson with the Titans. I'm, I got to roll with the Titans, man. They, they have, that's a big win. That's a big win to go to it Seattle. It is a big win. It is not only win. go to Seattle, but to be down the way they were down and fight back in Russell, healthy or not healthy, Russell Wilson is better than Carson Wentz. So to do that in Seattle, I'm rolling with old Mike Vrabel, Tannehill, Julio Jones, and uh, the Tennessee Titans. Because, I mean, I watched a lot of that Seattle-Tennessee game. There was a lot of good games in that 4 o'clock window this weekend. I just – the first half, the Titans had absolutely no juice. They didn't feel like – like it. they just like – it's like, did you get off the bus today? And then second half, it was just complete – I mean, they, they changed. They, they refound their identity. They said, we're going to turn around and hand the ball off to Derrick Henry, and that's what we do. Hmm. And then the Colts covered that – Four against the against the Rams, but again, 
If 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 it shouldn't have been. If the long snapper doesn't hit the personal punt guy, then it's then. But all of that being said, I'm gonna go with the Colts. I'm taking Colts plus five and a half. There we go. Because had you not done that, had you not done that, I was going back to the Steelers because we were not going to be on the same page with every pick. So had you not done that, I was going back to the Steelers. <laughs> I was about to say, because we can't go 4-0 together. <laughs> no, I promise if you had if you had gone with the Titans, TJ was going back with the Steelers. There you go. Good. I'm going to ride with the Indianapolis Colts. My plus five and a half. I've bet on the Colts all three weeks, and all three weeks has been an incredible roller coaster ride. <laughs> and so let's see what this one brings. Because last time it brought a, a yo, I've, I said it a few times long snapper hitting a personal punt guy and a quarterback with two sprained ankles at once. But, it was almost as if they were running a fake punt or something. <laughs> it's like, what is he doing? But they won the game, so it's a lesson learned. All right, TJ, let's hit him with your lemon pepper parlay of the weekend. Let me pull it back up there with TJ. Sorry. No problem. Right. While you're doing that, I'll give my lemon pepper parlay. So there we Marcus go. Marcus lemon pepper parlay. My lemon pepper parlay. I'm going all dogs this weekend. I like this. TJ, let me know what you think about this. I'm going the Minnesota Vikings plus two versus the Seattle Seahawks. Vikings have had Ooh. two rough losses back to back, and I think they're better than their record says. And I'm going with, I'm going to plug my nose, not watch this game. I'm lying. I'm definitely watching this game, but it's going to be one of those games that I'm watching. I'm like, why did I bet it? I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons plus three versus the New York Giants. That's the shit ball. I, I'm not lying. Wow. It's the worst game on the planet. But as I wow. saw this, when I saw this line, that's why I didn't want to even put it on the list. That's why I didn't want to talk about it. When I saw Atlanta plus three, I said, "There's." I don't understand how they're not favored versus the Giants. I'm taking that three points. And I like Minnesota to get a win versus Seattle. Seattle laid down the second half against Tennessee. And, and Minnesota off that missed field goal. Zimmer's going to have the ready to play. You're the one that told me that. So I'm going with the Vikings. And the Falcons, underdogs, let's go. Woo -woo. Man, uh, this is how, oh, man, I'm, I'm going to go with, and I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm, I'm looking and I'm saying, okay, which team's going to give me the best value for what I'm trying to do? And I can't, do I do it? I guess I'm going to. So I'm going to take, I'm going to give up a touchdown and I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns against Chicago Bears. They play, they're playing at home. Who's the starter for the Bears? It doesn't matter who it is, at least in my opinion. Justin Fields, if he has to start and he's got Miles Garrett coming at him all game, I don't know how that's going to be. Because initially I was thinking the Bills against the, uh, Washington football team, but I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens okay. against the Detroit Lions. They're going on the road. They're just going to run the ball down their throat. They're going to run the ball down their throat. And what I, I hope doesn't happen is this. They get a big lead and the Lions do what they did again against the Niners in week one and make it look like it was a close game. Baltimore had two tough games out the gate. I believe this is a game that they really put it to the Lions and just blow them out. I, I really do. 
the Lions aren't a good football team. They'll start on three. They couldn't cover 11 against uh, the Green Bay Packers, and that's a division game. No way they keep it within eight against the Baltimore Ravens, who I believe are a better team than the Green Bay Packers. So my lemon pepper parlay lock of the week, Baltimore Ravens against the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I'm giving up eight points, but it is what it is. And old Cleveland Browns against the Chicago Bears. That's my lemon pepper parlay lock of the week. And if you knew better, you'll do better. I'm going undefeated this whole week. And my I lemon pepper it. parlay of the week, your TJ called it right. It's the toilet bowl. Close your eyes, plug <laughs> your nose, take the Falcons plus three versus the Giants, and take the Vikings plus two versus the Seahawks. Let's eat. TJ. Hey, Martin, you know, you know what's Fuck. crazy? A lot of me, I, I don't understand, I guess because they're getting why is New England only a two and a half point favorite over the Saints? That's kind of crazy, right? It's a weird number. It's a I it's one of the reasons why I asked you just how much importance do assistant coaches have on a week by week basis? Because it feels like that number should be a little different. But that's why I, I I would lean the Saints in that game, honestly. But I'm not I'm not I don't know what the assistant coach is. I, I don't know how much I like the idea of, of my the wide receiver coaching other wide receivers while they're trying to get open and, and run plays like what you just described to me earlier in this podcast sounds a little chaotic. If you got to coach them during a the game, you're coaching them during a the week. You may give them pointers during a game, but you're not really. And even even if I've been in games where a receiver don't know what to do, you got to come back. If they play cover two, it's a take two corner. Boom. That's it. Because they know that we're, we're speaking the same language. Right. They play single high, it's a comeback. Cover two, too high, you take two corner. They know exactly what that means. It's not like they have to think about it. They were just confused. And you just clarify the confusion. Ah, good, I got it. It ain't like they that dumb. <laughs> no, I'm not. And I'm not saying all that, but I just say if we're going against, you know, we're going, like last week it was Matt Rule. This week it's Bill Belichick. I seen if anybody's going to have their communication and coordination together, it feels like Bill Belichick would be the one. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, but Sean Payton, show some faith in Jameis Winston. Uh, throw the ball more than 20, 22 times a game. You probably have more success. Well, we'll see what go- we'll see what happens in that game. I, I did think that was, that was a line I saw and I was like, ooh, I do not know about this one. But in any yeah. event, we've made all our picks. Week three is upon us. TJ, let's have a good one. We will have a good one. I'm going undefeated. You'll probably lose one.